Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. I know Afghanistan. I know the southern border. China poking at Taiwan. All these things are happening, but how do I not start with CNN's Don Lemon claims he might have been beaten up by an angry, maskless man on a New York City subway? This was the claim that he made. He might have been beaten up? This is how I'm telling you what the headline is. I feel like Like, you'd know. With all the things going on, right? I should be more serious. I should, mm, Afghanistan. I'm going to get into all of it, but holy cow. This is, this is nuts. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, I read it wrong. Oh, I get it. I get it. Don Lemon wasn't almost beaten up. He fantasized about beating somebody up. Now it makes perfect sense. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833-GOT-TONY. 833-468-8669. That number is going to come uh, in in handy when I ask people to defend uh, school kids wearing masks and why school boards should be allowed to usurp the authority of parents. 833-GOT-TONY. Uh, you know, they, they do that handoff. Between uh, Chris Cuomo and Don Lemon, oh, it's the most exciting two minutes on TV. Wait, hold on, hold on, it, it isn't? Producer Ari is whispering in my ear that it's not. That it is not exciting at all. It's, it's terrible. He says it's laughable. And it makes him feel like less of a person. Well, Ari, you could have said that out loud. It would have been all right. This, this is the story. Well, can we look at it like this? I put on my sunglasses... Because I want to protect my eyes from the sun. I put on the mask because I want to t- protect my nose and my body from breathing something in that's not good for me. It's the same thing. I saw this guy, this video of this guy, you know, here in New York City talking about uh, 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 really uh, going after this woman on a train saying, take off your mask on the subway. Yeah. It's I about believe in free- freedom. I believe in freedom. I She's can't free believe. to put on her face whatever the hell she wants. I know. I can't believe in a New York City subway. That's that guy didn't get tuned up, by the way. I'm, I'm glad he didn't. I know that wouldn't be the best of us. But I got to tell oh, you. He might have if I had been on there. I'm not kidding. I was getting ready. Tough guy Don Lemon is best guy Don Lemon. <sighs> it, this is the place we're at where two guys on television who unfortunately both make more money than I do can fantasize about beating somebody up for not wearing a mask. The only person hurt not wearing a mask is the guy not wearing a mask if you believe that the mask stops COVID, which it doesn't. As civilians, meaning those people not in hospital settings, wear masks. It just doesn't work. If it worked, you know what I'd be saying? Hey, look, the data says it works. But it doesn't. Stop something doesn't stop COVID. But let's put Don Lemon to the side. I think we all needed... I think we all needed just a stretch because, my goodness, what an awful and miserable 72 hours it has been. It really has been to watch the country, which is to say the leadership, fail so epically and then refuse to take responsibility regarding their decisions on Afghanistan. 
And I'm going to get into why is it that the media has decided now is the moment to punch Joe Biden directly in the face. I am going to get into it. This is CNN. I'm sorry, is this ABC or is this CNN? No, 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 no. this, this, this is uh, CNN Today. The Biden administration has said that they are relying on a commitment from the Taliban to allow for safe passage to the airport. But as you can well see, that is not the case uh, in the you know area right around the airport there. So we're going to have to see how the Biden administration uh, perhaps changes what they're doing based on what is happening on the ground there. You know, Jeremy, we had Congressman Seth Moulton on Democrat last hour who once again explained how he's been asking for answers from the White House, not, not, you know, not just for days or weeks, but, but for months on this. And yet we still see the absolute mayhem on the ground at the airport that Clarissa just described in such stark detail. How, how does the White House explain that? I mean, what was the plan when the warning couldn't have been more clear that exactly this could happen? Yeah, well, listen, there's several things that uh, we heard from the National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan yesterday that just aren't lining up uh, with the reality on the ground. First of all, as Kylie said, he said that the Taliban had promised the United States that civilians would get safe passage to the airport. As of now, that doesn't appear uh, to be happening, certainly not happening uh, in an orderly fashion. Uh, and then uh, what he also said was he insisted that the United States had planned for all contingencies, including the rapid fall of Kabul. And if this is contingency planning at its finest, then I don't know uh, what, what to say here. Because there was no plan. I mean, that is, that is some damning stuff. The claims of Biden aren't lining up with the reality on the ground, which they're not. And Joe Biden said they had planned for all contingencies. That was a lie. I have made the argument that the people talking about impeachment should have been talking about it when he decided to engage the eviction moratorium. He willfully and wantonly disregarded his oath to uphold, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. It did something he knew was against the law. That's impeachable. He lied to America regarding his plans regarding the withdrawal. Now I'm going to get more into the withdrawal and, and the real issues here about what it is the U.S. military was doing in terms of teaching and, and, and where some of this fell apart, specifically when it comes to air support and how air support is indeed how the U.S. military acts. And if you take that away from the Afghan Special Forces, well, what shot do they have? But understand that this Biden administration will not guarantee the safety of Americans in Afghanistan. Can you offer any guarantee to the Americans and Afghan allies that if they remain there past the end of the month, U.S. troops will help them evacuate past the end of the month? Misha, our, our focus right now is uh, undoing the work at hand and on the task at hand, and that is day by day getting as many American citizens, as many SIV applicants, as many members of a vulnerable population who are eligible to be evacuated to the airport and out on planes. Uh, and we're going to do that in an expeditious fashion. That is the focus of the president, of our secretary of defense, of our secretary of, of state, uh, and everybody on our national security team. Uh, so that, that is where we will keep our efforts. So you're admitting that you cannot offer guarantees that all the Americans will be evacuated. How many Americans? Somewhere between 10 and 40,000. 
John Kirby, who's the press secretary for the Pentagon, told CNN, certainly thousands of Americans, we don't have an exact count. Best guess? Between five and 10,000 that are near Kabul. Near Kabul? Wait, what? As many as 10,000 Americans could still be in Afghanistan in need of evacuation. Moments ago, I spoke to Pentagon Press Secretary John Kirby on the latest assessment from the Pentagon. There are certainly thousands of Americans. Uh, we don't have an exact uh, count. Uh, I would say somewhere, uh, best guess, between five and 10,000 that are, uh, that are, uh, are near Kabul. Uh, there was a message put out by the Secretary of sorry, the State Department today uh, advising uh, those Americans uh, uh, about how to queue up and how to get to the airport uh, so, so that we're, now that security is better, uh, they don't need to necessarily shelter in place and they can begin uh, movement to the airport for process. So as many as 10,000. They really don't know how many Americans are there. They don't know how they're going to get them out. And I still have low-rent people on social media saying, eh, it's all Trump's fault. Talk about it all you want. None of this is Trump's fault. None of this is Donald Trump's fault, no matter how hard they spin. This is my favorite clip from MSNBC just the other day. This is also, this happened under President Biden. He changed the deadline from May 1st to September 11th. So he already was able to change deadlines. Secondly, we should hold him accountable for his leadership during this time, which has frankly been an utter failure. This, what we are seeing on the ground right now, should have been done differently and there is only one person to hold responsible, and that is President Biden. Well, dear Lord, so saith MSNBC, so saith the flock. They can spin, they can try. My advice to you is to laugh these people out of the room when they engage in a conduct so risible. Or is it risable? I still don't know the answer to that. Laughable, just it's it's hysterical for people to go about blaming Trump, as it was just pointed out here by this by uh, this analyst uh, Susan Del Percio. I don't know Susan's story, but she made the perfect point. If the deadline in the deal with the Taliban was May first, and we are in wait for it August, clearly Trump's deal didn't mean anything. He already made changes to the deal. So the idea that you're going to blame Trump is just laughable and ignorant. As for what's going on at the Kabul airport, well, that's a a whole scene in itself. People are being shot at. People are being killed. People who want to get out have no ability to get out. It is... A violent, violent scene. And what do you have the the, uh, the the Taliban doing? Oh, everything's fine. I mean, this, I actually have exclusive audio of the Taliban right now on the streets of Kabul. Okay, people, move along. There's nothing to see here. That's exclusive audio. Nobody else has that. Only here at Tony Katz Today do we have that kind of on-the-ground reporting. 
the failure here is magnificent, but there's something worse than the failure. And the failure is one of planning. The failure is one of of uh, the the intelligence that um, that uh, that Biden was getting or refusing to get. I will tell you, I I think that this right here is the most damning thing that Joe Biden said. The most damning thing that Joe Biden said. I think I think this is the clip that he was not going to pass this along to another president. After 20 years, I've learned the hard way that there was never a good time to withdraw U.S. forces. That's why we're still there. We were clear-eyed about the risks. We planned for every contingency. But I always promised the American people that I will be straight with you. The truth is... This did unfold more quickly than we had anticipated. So what's happened? Afghanistan political leaders gave up and fled the country. The Afghan military collapsed, sometime without trying to fight. If anything, the developments of the past week reinforced that ending U.S. military involvement in Afghanistan now was the right decision. American troops cannot and should not be fighting in a war and dying in a war that Afghan forces are not willing to fight for themselves. Now, I actually believe that last part is true, but why did things collapse? Well, this has much more to do with how we withdrew and the total lack of air support. We'll get into that. But what Biden said was, I was not going to pass this along to a fifth president. So the withdrawal was not about what was best for the United States or, or best for, for any type of security, but rather your legacy. Okay, now we understand what it is we're talking about here. And maybe because of that, because you were legacy shopping, you didn't do what was necessary to ensure the safety and the security of Americans on the ground. You didn't do what was necessary to help Afghanistan actually take care of themselves. Now, the Taliban is telling you that everything's fine. And then the Taliban goes about saying, well, you know, listen, people are asking about the women. Yeah, the women are going to get raped if not killed. And they're going to get raped daily if not hourly. That's what's going to happen. No one questions this. No one denies this. And they went out and said, look, women have rights and women are going to be treated well under Islamic law. I'm sorry, what was that part? Women, they're going to be treated fine. They're going to be treated treated wonderfully under Islamic law. I'm sorry, what was that last part? Uh, Under Islamic law? As was pointed out on social media very, very well, that's exactly what the Ayatollah Khomeini says. Women aren't going to get treated well. They're going to get absolutely abused. And it's something we have to do something about as I see it. I cannot save the country. But we're not even going to try and save Americans? This is, this is all obscene. And this comes to the ultimate. Joe Biden has been hidden for three days. And it is inexcusable. 
He, you want to talk about running away? Joe Biden gave that speech and literally ran from the podium, took no questions, got back on a helicopter, went back on vacation. He ran away. He has run away from his responsibility. So has the vice president of the United States. They have both said nothing. Americans are at risk, and they have done zero. That, above anything, may be the impeachable offense. I'm Tony Katz. Andrew Cuomo, who may or may not resign next week, who knows? I don't know what the guy's going to do. But he did file the paperwork to get his $50,000 a year pension. That, that, that happened. Tony Katz. Tony Katz uh, today. 11 years as governor, four years as attorney general. He gets himself a $50,000 annual lifetime pension. He wasn't impeached. He hasn't gone to jail, so therefore he's still eligible for it, and there's nothing that can be done. He's going to get it. It, it, it. I think it does bother some people. I think it does annoy some people. I am I am one of, of those people, most definitely, and it mostly annoys me that it's only a matter of time before Andrew Cuomo is teaching at some university or he's doing, uh, he's doing specials on CNN. Are we, are we going to take bets? Are we going to take bets on whether or not he's going to ha- end up on some cable news outlet somewhere? With a sexual harassment thing under his belt? I don't uh, know. With the rehabilitation? Wait for it. Wait for it. That this is what's, go- this is what's coming. Th- have they or have they not tried to rehabilitate Katie Hill? The involved in the thruple, she's naked in her office brushing a staffer's hair. And she thinks it's somebody else's uh, fault. How dare they care? And they've tried to rehabilitate her as if somehow she's somebody who we should be, we should be hearing about and, and, and listening to. Rehabbing people is what it's about. What do you think those universities are for? Giving people jobs. So he could teach law. Not sexual harassment law, but you know, other things. 50000 a year. Which I gotta tell you, I thought was a small pension in New York. I could be very wrong. This is Tony Katz today. TSA is going to extend the mask mandate for flights into January. Now, I will tell you, man, uh, my Twitter has been on fire with people agreeing and angry with me about saying we shouldn't have mask mandates. My conversation is one of the Constitution. We shouldn't have mandates on something like this. The parents should make the decision, not school boards. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. Well, Tony, we we demand that people be vaccinated for all sorts of things. 
Nobody has ever asked, do you have a measles vaccine? If you don't, you're not allowed inside a restaurant. You've never been asked this question. Now, you can argue that it's assumed you have the measles vaccine. You've, you've taken it. But someone could not have. Same thing with chickenpox. Someone could not have. I, I don't know. I would tell you I'm still more worried about the person next to me having syphilis or in the, sitting in the seat before me than COVID. I am. Oh, my God. I am. What can I say? Don't tell, don't tell me I'm not allowed to have my own thoughts. Ah, you do you, man. The question here is a school board engaging a mask mandate that is not based on the facts. Is that what we want? And how about while some places allow you to have some kind of opt-out, you got to decide it's for a religious reason, what if it's for a constitutional reason? What if it's for I don't want it reason? School boards having medical authority over our children? I think it's very okay to say uh, I'm not down with that. I can speak about the school board where my children go to school. I can't tell you every member of the school board where they, they go to school. But I can tell you this. None of them are qualified to determine my child's health. And let's make the argument of the members, let's say one of them is a doctor. Are they my child's doctor? That's the argument that I am making. I am making the argument that they do not have the capacity to be able to make such a decision. And when that decision gets made, that decision is usurping the parental responsibility. Parental responsibility is everything, and it is being taken away from parents when school boards act in this manner. You're going to hear me talk about this. There are things worse than COVID, people. And I'm not denying it. I'm, and you all know that I'm not anti-inoculation. I should call it inoculation, not vaccine, because it's not a vaccine. I'm not. It, the, the data clearly shows the people who get inoculated, if they should get COVID, they survive it. And by the way, you know how many times I've said that on air? I've been saying it now for months, as we have seen the data. I still have people on Twitter who want to tell me about how... Uh, uh, you, you don't care. You don't care if kids die. You're fine with it. What are you talking crazy for? You've got a virus that is 99% survivable, that according to the data out of the UK, children are about one ten thousandth of a percent dying of COVID. What? what? I, I refuse to panic. You're all in, in, in a fear place. That's your problem. You don't get to put it on my kid. In New York City, no shot, no proof, no service. If you can't prove that you've gotten a, a uh, inoculation, well, then you can't walk into a restaurant. Well, I want to know all the things you have to be inoculated against in order to walk into a restaurant. And can a restaurant go the other way? If you've been inoculated, vaccinated, you can't come in. Can an employer do it? 
Can an employer say you've been vaccinated? Get out. If an employer is allowed to say vaccinated or you can't have a job, why can't you go the other way? Oh, Tony, you're being ridiculous. Oh, no, no, no. Tony's making an argument. Ain't my fault that some people simply can't handle it. They can't keep up. And they can't keep up. Do I really want to be like Australia? Which is round the bend on this subject? Have you heard the latest insanity out of Australia and your kids? Okay, listen. I want to stress that uh, to the mums and dads, your children will be well looked after inside when they arrive. They'll be literally ushered. We'll have uh, nurses, we'll have uh, some of the youth command, we'll have uh, some of the young, young police from the, uh, uh, the various uh, operations within police there just to guide them through um, as to where they go. They'll be Now, you may be asking, why is there an official in Australia telling parents that your children will be cared for? 24,000 children are going to get vaccinated in Australia, as is being reported. The kids get dropped off. No parents are allowed in. We looked after every moment inside the, uh, the stadium, and uh, they'll be well cared for. So mums and dads feel secure. We've got about 24,000 students we're aiming to get through next week. Uh, the messages will come out this week, and the opportunity is there, but really you've got to take it, grasp it with both hands. Um, I know uh, if you talk to any of our Olympians, I'll tell you, you just got to grasp opportunity, and this is an opportunity, so don't waste it. Hi, we're the government. Drop off your children. We'll take care of them. If you want me to buy into that, I'm sorry, I won't do it. If you don't understand how incredibly dangerous that is, how ugly that is, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't help you. I said earlier, I will say it again, you'll hear it later. There are things far worse than COVID. And the idea that I'm supposed to say, well, here you go, government, you know what's best. Well, that may be how they do things in Australia, but let me say how they do things in Australia is garbage. It is not how I want things in the United States. And I don't think there's anything wrong with me saying so. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that parents come first. Drop my kid off to the government? I'm bothered by dropping my kid off to school knowing what they're teaching in schools regarding critical race theory. What they're trying to hide from parents. Oh, remind me to get into that tomorrow. The stories of what some teachers are trying to hide from parents about the ideology they want to push. We've created this incredible division because the political left gave up on the deal. The deal goes as follows. We'll let the elites be the elites. Leave us alone. They're our kids. It's our life. You go about the teaching. You go about this, that, and the other. You do you. We'll go by these rules. You have a job, and, that, and, and, and we're good. And then the political left decided, well, we'll indoctrinate while we're there. And we'll do it at the college level. We'll indoctrinate and indoctrinate. Can you imagine people spent money to send their kids to a school that taught the school how to hate the parents? That's what happened. And I said, oh, this is working. Well, let's get into the high schools and the middle schools. 
and teachers feel that it's their classroom and their students, which is the biggest mistake ever. Teachers, it is not your classroom, it is not your students, it is our students, and we pay for the classroom. It belongs to us. And now you're apoplectic that we actually want to know what's going on in the classroom. You're out of your mind about it. You can't believe it. You can't believe that parents are so damn uppity that they may want to know what's going on with their kid. You are shocked and you are stunned. You would clutch your pearls if you had pearls. Maybe you have pearls. Clutch them. That's what you're doing. They can't believe it. Oh, the things that we are hearing, the things that we are seeing. The deal has been broken. We're supposed to trust our kids with you, and you have broken the trust. And I feel bad for those teachers who haven't because it doesn't matter. Teachers, unions have broken the trust. Administrators have broken the trust. Parents don't trust you. They don't. And you've proven it to be true. You've proven that you're not worthy of our trust. Joe Biden is not worthy of our trust. Joe Biden is not worthy of our trust. He proved this with not only uh, the, ev- the eviction moratorium, not only the outrageous spending, but really what has taken place with Afghanistan. This is, this is a guy who can't be trusted. Then there's Nancy Pelosi, who literally is like, oh, Joe Biden has provided such great leadership. She is Tokyo Rose. And here's the best one. This is a, a local uh, affiliate, I think, out of San Francisco. Is what I think this is right here. I mean, it's it's just, it's absolutely incredible how she can go down the road and saying, you know, yeah, sure, we left some things behind in uh, in Afghanistan, fine and good, but you know what? This is uh, this is what happens. What do you mean? This is what happens? She actually said the words. This is what happens when you withdraw. No, 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 it's not. What what do you mean this is what happens when you withdraw? Why would she say something this clearly ridiculous? But she's going to commend Biden for his strong (laughs) leadership. The big question right now, should the Biden administration have had a stronger U.S. military presence for the transition? Well, first may I just say that I commend the president for the action that he took. It was strong, it was decisive, and it was the right thing to do. We should have been out of Afghanistan a while back. Uh, But now we are, unfortunately, uh, one of the possibilities was that it would be a a disarray as it is. But that has to be corrected. And it is my understanding from the assurances we have received uh, that the um, military will be there negotiating with the Taliban for the safe exit of American citizens and friends, people who have helped us, our allies there. And people work in the nonprofit sector, but also not just U.S. NGOs, but those who have worked in Afghan uh, uh, NGOs as well, who would be targets. And those people. Well, she made perfect sense at the end there. Trump was a devil for negotiating with the Taliban, but now. Now it's perfectly fine to negotiate with the Taliban. I am looking forward 
to Nancy Pelosi assembling a commission to investigate Biden's failures in the Afghanistan withdrawal. We, we need a January 6th style commission to find out. Oh, we only have a committee there. Okay. We need a committee or a commission to find out what happened. And I'm looking forward to, to Nancy Pelosi putting that together. I can't wait until she puts that together. Gonna be just terrific. Meanwhile, people are asking the question, why is the media taking Biden to task? Why are they punching him in the nose? I mean, this isn't like them. I've got a theory. Let me share it with you. I'm Tony Katz. So why is it that the media decided now is the time to punch Joe Biden in the face? Why would they do it? This is the guy that they spent all that time supporting by not asking him any questions while he was hiding in the basement. Turns out an effective strategy. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. So why now? So this has been a conversation that people are asking. What is it that, that's happening here? I mean, is there something afoot? Maybe. Let me um let me let me give you my, my one two on this. Yours may be different. The first is is that the media has wasted a lot of reputation capital on getting Biden into office and pretending that everything's fine. Nothing's fine. There's nothing fine. Joe Biden is not fine. Nobody who says this is fine. And they looked at what's happening in Afghanistan. They looked at the inability for the U.S. military to evacuate 10,000-plus Americans, and they said, uh, yeah, we, we, we can't simply just pretend this doesn't happen. Never mind how they can match it up to Saigon. They, could, they, they couldn't find a way to spin this. There is no way to pin this on Trump. This is just him. It's just him. He is the one who has actually done this, and they're like, we, we can't. We, we can't spin it. We're the ones who will suffer. And they go, oh, they're not going to make themselves suffer. They're not going to make themselves suffer. They're not going to make themselves. They, they spend a lot of time looking the fool. They can't do it all the time. They got to pretend to have some kind of, um, you know, distinction. But then there's the second one. And this one, Okay. This one may be a little bit out there. Is this the media saying, okay, we knew that Kamala Harris's time would come. We just didn't know when. This is obviously the moment. Let's start clearing the roadway. Let's just start clearing the lane for the first woman black 
person of color, whatever they're going to put in their president. Is this now, within the next days or weeks, or will it take a month, where we start hearing it? And that's what this is. Yes, you've got people on the political right saying it's time to get rid of uh, Joe Biden. They're not wrong. They, what has happened here is someone's going to be, make a better argument on whether it's criminal. I think I can make that argument. But is this the media saying, we knew this moment would come. We just didn't know when. We don't have to now invent it. We can just bring it. Now, I'll give you the third one, the, uh, unrelated. Some people wondering, well, what is the, what is the media going to do to get America to stop talking about Afghanistan? What new danger is going to be created to get people's mind off of it? That people could even think that way frightens me to my core because they may not be wrong. What's going on with critical race theory? William Jacobson has the latest. That's coming up.